0: SunCast is brought to you by SunGrow, providing clean power for all. SunCast is also brought to you by Trina Solar.
1: So we were looking at various markets and then we saw the solar energy markets. The way systems were done back then didn't seem right for us.
0: Hey there, Solar Warriors. I'm Nico Johnson and this is SunCast. Each week, I pull back the veil on the life and business insights of clean tech entrepreneurs, who are building the most noble and impactful companies of our time. I hope what you learn from this conversation is a catalyst for your own growth. So thanks for tuning in and welcome to our tribe. Today is episode 106, and I'm honored to have yet another international guest, this time from Israel. Lior Handelsman is not only an officer of a publicly traded company, but he spent a lot of time in the Israeli army. And today, you'll hear their process for coming up with the idea for SolarEdge, as well as how their military background is infused into the culture of one of the top solar product companies in the world. So get ready to tune up your skills, solar warrior as we tune in to another powerful conversation here on Suncast. Well, as I just said, this is Lior Handelsman, VP of Marketing and Product Strategy, managing SolarEdge's global marketing activities, as well as the company's product management, future product definition, and positioning. So, yeah, all those amazing new products that they keep bragging about, mm-hmm, that's his team. Now, I got a chance to sit down with him at InterSolar in San Francisco in July, and that, just like the Mike Walpert episode, has a little bit less audio fidelity than I would have liked. So I apologize in advance. Pray that you'll hang in there. uh, Enjoy it. I don't think it's by any means poor audio quality. I just wanted to give you that disclaimer as it is not the clean, crisp audio that you have come to love here. And remember, stick around to the end. You'll get some free goodies. And I always love hanging out with you all the way through. Today on Suncast, have the distinct pleasure and honor of hanging out with Mr. Lior Handelsman, one of the co-founders of a little-known company, maybe ten years ago, <laughs> which now is quite dominant—a company called Solar Edge—and uh, I remember uh, well. I mean, I've been in the industry for a decade or so. Solar Edge coming on the scene, and just the notion of power electronics coming closer to the module and micro-power electronics being so new that it seemed like the wild west. So, I'm glad to have a chance to sit down with you and hear more about where the ideas come from and how they've evolved, so thank you for joining Suncast. Happy to be here. Now, your career didn't start out in power electronics, or at least not the way that many others in the power electronics field did. As I understand it, you and the co-founding team are all former Israeli military, is that correct?
1: Yeah, so so as most Israelis, their careers actually start in the military. Uh Sadly, military service is mandatory in Israel. And as a team, we met In the military and we served together in various roles including technical roles Mm -hmm. and at a certain point we realized that we enjoy working together and we operate well as a group and I think that one of the most important things when you start your own companies that you have strong friends that complement different aspects of of each other, so yeah. so we decided that we want to venture out and start a startup company. We all had already engineering background and technical okay. background. We basically started a company. wasn't even called Solowage initially. Yeah, because we didn't have an idea. We were looking for um, ideas.
0: Uh huh. And, and, and this is five of you, your, your cohort. Five friends. Yes. Yeah. Five uh, friends cohort within the Israeli military. All of you with
1: engineering backgrounds. Yes. Okay. All yes. engineering backgrounds. Yes we had a lot of different ideas in different uh, fields that mm. we were trying you know you find an idea and then you apply what's innovative about your concept is there already innovation that already exists sometimes yeah. you think you have a very good idea and you found that you just reinvented the wheel yeah. and it's probably not a, a good idea and most of all um, is there a market around that and what can you actually do uh-huh. uh, in that market Time context, this is 2008, 2006, 2006, okay. 2006. Back then I was the only one in the team with power electronics background, Mm -hmm. and we ended up with a very nice idea of managing DC power sources, and we wanted to apply it to mobile computers. Right. Managing battery cells in mobile computers. Uh
0: A problem yeah. that would naturally be fixing issues seen in the military and yeah, things field uh, deployment. It,
1: we saw the opportunity to optimize the way energy is managed in mobile uh, computers. Got it. Sorry, just to clarify, mobile computers
0: meaning laptops, laptops. generally. Laptops, yeah. Laptops, yes. Okay.
1: When we started to approach uh, venture capital firms and pitching this idea to them. They were not enthusiastic, and we got a very good tip from one venture capital investor that told us, the technology looks amazing, but the market is not the right market. It's going to be a very hard market for a startup to penetrate. Mm. It's a market that is dominated by TI and national semiconductors and the big companies. It right. will be very hard to build a large company in that market. Mm. So we said, take your technology and, and apply it to a different market. So we were looking at various markets and then we saw the solar energy market, and, and and the way systems were done back then didn't seem right for us. The serial connection of modules yeah. and the, the differentiation between inverters was very minimal around 96% efficiency or 97% yeah, efficiency yeah. and we saw immediately the opportunity to take the same technology and apply it to module-level power electronics and then we saw <laughs> that we can layer data and monitoring and safety and all these other values on that concept. And it was clear. We changed the, co- the name of the company to SolarEdge and we we, we wrote some patents and yeah. we went to raise money around this. And this I don't idea. want to glaze
0: over too quickly the pivot. Do you remember a moment where someone on the team, you guys are, I mean, are you sitting around the office, it's four o'clock, you're having beers and somebody said, what about Solar? Like how did Solar come onto so, the screen?
1: So actually we looked for different ideas most of us didn't even know that the solar market is a big market already. So we had a list of markets we can apply the technology. I think solar was number 20 or yeah. 20 something okay. in the list. And we started to look at the first two markets, which if you'll ask me, I, I don't remember what they were. Right. And at some point, Guy, which was a, Guy was a little bit older than us, he was our commander in the military. Okay. And he was already after a few years in venture capital. He walked into the room, he looked at the list, and he said, if we have something in solar, that's going to be a big market. So let's go see what we have in solar. So instead of looking at, we stopped looking at number one and number two, and we went for number twenty something. I want to make sure I understand this right. Guy was your commander at the military. Guy is like ten and now, years old. And now, for those who don't
0: who don't know the context, the guy in Solar Edge is the CEO. CEO. So your commander in the military is the CEO of the company now.
1: Yeah, it it it, it's it, amazing. it was very natural. He yeah. was he was our okay. boss for. I mean, I had a I had a, I had a, a question years. like,
0: how do you choose the CEO? But in this context,
1: it's yeah, quite clear. Yeah, <laughs> quite clear and quite easy. Yeah. yeah. Wow, that's phenomenal. Okay. The minute we looked at the way solar systems are built, built yeah. we knew that we have real innovation for the market. It it was clear that it's not the efficient, effective way to manage solar uh, photovoltaic. Power sources, basically. Yeah,
0: was your goal all along to find a way to take the company public and get the VC money? Yes, yeah. actually, yes.
1: Uh, uh, it get, was uh, get VCs uh, paid back.
0: That was the path to initially. Liquidity. Some
1: of the VCs pushed us. At least when we were raising round, they uh-huh. pushed us to just do optimizers. Yeah, and not sell the whole system. Basically said, why mm-hmm. don't you develop these optimizers and sell them? Module companies or inverter companies, and right? We, the Tygo and,
0: model, for example.
1: For example, and we felt that there's a lot of business risk in that model mm-hmm. because there are so many. There's a limited amount of players that can buy a solution like that from you, and there's a big number of players that can interfere or, or at least block you if they yeah. want. We felt that's a risky model. Yeah, and we wanted to build a big company, so so we we preferred going to a model where we sell the whole system then we go to market with that solution it's more complicated a lot more work um, some some more technological challenges but it also puts you in it puts
0: your fate in your hands was it defined by any particular market and one of the things i'm curious about is where you saw the future growth opportunity as a pathway to go public
1: no, so it was clear that after learning that solar energy is going to be a major energy source, yeah, mm-hmm. and if solar energy is going to be a major energy source, then solar inverters are going to be a big market. Sure, 2006, I think the inverter market was around a billion dollar. Now it's sure. around seven or eight. And in 2006, Germany was the largest market in the world. Yeah, so that's actually where we we started. Okay. Uh, first years, I spent most of my time in Germany. Mm. Pitching the idea to various companies which we felt can be a good design partner or a future potential customer. Even before we had a solution. And learning about the market. Uh, When we started, I didn't know all that much about solar inverters and solar energy and solar uh, systems. Mm -hmm. So yes, initially we were aiming to start with the German market. So the
0: German, Spanish and French market were big. I don't know enough about the early days to know what led to where, where you got the most growth. Was that in the U.S.? Was it when you moved into the U.S. market? Or had you already become a fairly dominant player by so then?
1: So we got into the U.S. market later. Okay, so, so we... 2009, 10, right? T- t- 10, end of 10 or middle of 10, okay. beginning of uh, 11. The U.S. market back then was smaller and was easier for us because we were located in Israel to start with the European market, which was closer. Right. So we only st- had relevant inverters and products for the US market in sure. end of 10, beginning of uh, 11, in terms of certification and application yeah. that is specific, more specific for the US market. And growth in the US market only started even more than a year
0: later. For context, at that time you had more than just Enphase, who was beginning to gain traction. You had Solar Bridge, you had NSYNC, you had a lot of folks. Right, it was optimizer it was companies, Tygo. And it was companies. it was yes. rife and yes. micro optimizers. A lot of folks trying to figure out what was the right approach. Mm-hmm. And the incumbents SMA, Xantrex. The I mean the known brands right. for for string inverters. Right. How did your team think about the go-to-market strategy to differentiate yourselves from those incumbents when you came in? And how did that then lead to what now has become your dominant marketplace so, position? So,
1: so first of all, it was fairly easy to differentiate from other optimizer companies mm-hmm. because we were not an optimizer company. Because you're an we architecture, were yeah. An inverter company. Mm-hmm. So it placed us in a competitive position with the incumbent players. Yeah. Unlike the optimizer companies which had an opportunity to collaborate with them. Yeah but it was also unique as an optimizer company. Mm-hmm. So I think back then we were the only optimizer, and probably now, the only optimizer company that, that was actually an inventor company. Yeah. So differentiation from optimizers was easy, and the go-to-market in that sense was uh, unique because we could sell to installers, we could sell to the distribution. Yeah. We were not dependent on... Compatibility with inverters and uh, training of the inverter companies how to work with specific optimizers. Right. So for, for the optimizer arena, we had clear differentiation in a much more traditional, I would say, go-to-market uh, route than an optimizer company, Got which it. was essentially a component. Right, um, it was an
0: add-on. Yeah. It was, yes, <laughs> and in hard sale. And,
1: and an add-on is always something that is harder to justify the added cost than Absolutely. an inverter system. Even if it doesn't cost the same like right. some of the inverter in the market, it's still an inverter system yeah, has advantages yeah. and disadvantages. And you're able to defend
0: your ground as an inverter. Yes. Yep.
1: And in fact, one of the big breaks that... All of us got, yeah. not just uh, Solar Edge, was, I don't know if you remember back then there was a company called Solar uh, Magic. Yeah. Solar mm-hmm. Magic was actually National, yeah, Semi- National Semi- Semiconductors, yep. which initially, as a, we were still in stealth mode when National Semiconductors oh, came Solar out, Magic, yeah. I had like, honestly speaking, five minutes of, of scale because here's a big, multi-billion dollar company with global presence and footprint that has a similar idea to ours. Right. In hindsight, that was probably one of the best things that could have happened to us because national semiconductors did millions of dollars of marketing and market education for the notion of module-level power electronics. So they came into the market, they did a lot of marketing, good marketing, on why module-level power electronics is such a good idea, why optimizers is such a good idea, made my life as the guy that shifted at at a certain point to more of the business side of the business. Made my life easier because I could approach installers and other players in the industry, and I, as I start pitching the idea, they would tell me, "Ah, I like solar magic, right? And
0: yeah,
1: very easy because so, actually- they already did." a lot of the education, and then
0: they wait away. So. so it actually brings up two questions I had for you. One is, Solar Magic famously walked around trade shows with T-shirts that said shade happens, right? That's right. how they sold Solar Magic. It was the, the yeah. idea that you can't mitigate shade with a traditional yeah. inverter, right. so you need optimizers right. to help you. Do you feel like the shade argument was the crux of optimizing at the time, and, and continues to be the value proposition? I,
1: I never emphasized shade, because I always thought, and I still think, and reality is proving that module-level power electronics should be a mainstream solution. Okay, mm-hmm. It's not a solution for... It's not an edge case. Exactly. And it's not a solution for shaded, and it's not a solution for residential, it's, it has its merit mm-hmm. in large-scale commercial and large-scale utility even. Yes, the product needs to be different, and there are other sensitivities. When we sold, when I built the initial story, yeah. the initial story was always around four or five major benefits. Uh, safety and module-level monitoring NO and o mm-hmm. added energy, which shade is just a part of. There's right. inherent mismatch, there's yep. aging, there's soiling, there's different sources of mismatch and reduction of balance of system and, right. and, and, and design flexibility. Right. Now, what happens is that in different markets, every one of these inherent benefits gets a different weight in right. a different form. Mm-hmm. So in residential... Some of the losses are Uh shading-related, and safety is a bigger issue. Mm. But in rooftop commercial, and all of them are important in residential, but the ones that get the most uh, focus, let's call it. In rooftop commercial, you get much more focus on O&M, and you save a lot of money on balance of system and combiner boxes, and roof utilization might be. It's also important in residential, but it's also, in some cases, very important in uh, commercial. And if you go utility, Safety is probably not that critical to anyone because it's behind the fence systems but O&M and added energy and and to some extent balance of system are very critical. So so I never sold, I personally never sold on shade. Shade is just one form where added energy which is just one of the benefits manifests itself. I want
0: to just tag on to the safety thing.
1: And and, to- and and by the way, Solar Magic at least initially did not have monitoring and did not have right. fixed and voltage and did not have safety, so they had to emphasize shade happens. Right. I know. You're listening
0: to this episode because you're tired of doing things the old way and looking for a new approach. And that is precisely why my friends at CPS America, a.k.a. Chint Power Systems, have agreed to help make this fresh content possible for you. See, they believe in the power of change and the importance of trying something before others catch on. They are the U.S. market share leader of three-phase string inverters, pioneering that approach since before it was cool. With over two gigawatts shipped in America, Chint's feature-rich, high-performance inverters, and its nimble service team are ahead of the pack, just like you. If you'd like to find out what CPS can do for your CNI and utility business, reach out to me for an intro, nico at mysuncast.com. Or you can reach out to them directly and just let them know you heard it here on Suncast. A lot of folks would wonder, is this the chicken or the egg? How do things like this happen? Is it pure luck or was there really a lot of forethought, right? Did you kind of fall into it? But when we look at 690.12, there was a lot of work that went into it strategically. I know that you guys and Enphase, as market changers, spent some time thinking about how do we emphasize this as a strategic advantage and how does this play into our business plan. Can we talk a bit about how 690.12 changed the game for you guys and positioned you in the market?
1: So for sure, the rapid shutdown type of regulation helps a company that has a rapid shutdown solution, right? Yeah. So, so, so no 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 going around that. Yeah. I honestly can show you presentations from 2006 yeah. which highlight safety. When I started talking to installers, even back then, and I would tell them safety. They would, they would tell me there is no safety issue. Right. We, 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 Talk we, to the
0: fire department. They'll tell you a different story.
1: <laughs> yeah, but 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 take take Europe where there, there is no regulation for rapid shutdown. Right, right. There, there's something else because after a few fires, firefighters getting hurt or nearly hurt, firefighters started to behave differently around fires that, that involve right. PV. If they're not sure where... Where the cabling goes, they don't necessarily. Yeah, they let it burn. Exactly. They 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 or let it burn or at least try to control the flames right. remotely, and that immediately had repercussions in insurance premiums. That's
0: right. I was going to say it has
1: so. It eventually, counts. it rolled down to the dollars. Mm. So okay, there's no rapid shutdown regulation in Netherlands. But we see that insurance companies are now saying your fire premium with a rapid shutdown solution would be lower than a fire premium without a rapid wow. shutdown solution. Yeah. So the minute there's a real problem, yes, regulation is a definitive event that makes it very clear yeah. what you should buy and what you might yeah. shouldn't buy. But the minute there's a real problem, then there is economics behind it. And if there's economics behind it, then a solution that solves that problem has merit and has market.
0: What's been the easiest and also the hardest part about starting Solar Edge?
1: I'm not sure there's an easy part, honestly yeah. speaking.
0: Is there anything that felt easier than you thought it would?
1: No. No. I was warned many times that multi-founder companies tend to implode or explode because mm-hmm. founders uh, uh, have different opinions. That has not been our, our case, all the founders are still in Solo edge. we are still friends. Mm-hmm. It was achieved by giving clear responsibility to every founder. Yeah. It was achieved by, it was easy, we had one clear leader.
0: Yeah. And you all had military training and understanding of the division of responsibility. Yes,
1: yes, and and a division of responsibility. And it was also, we didn't try to do everything as founders. So I was told by one of my MBA professors that in a startup, the only people that are allowed not to do what they're doing are the founders. So when we wanted a professional to lead, uh, initially I was doing sales, I'm, I'm not a sales guy, right? Yeah. I do product marketing and product management and, and, and technology and business development. So we brought in a professional sales guy, and right. we brought in a professional operations guy. Things that we didn't have in the core team, we brought in professionals, yeah. didn't try to do, that's very important. Yeah. But the success of SolarEdge is a combination of a lot of hard work and also luck. Uh, there are several cases where I can point to luck that uh, helped. us. A, could you
0: give me one you know, example?
1: SolarMagic is a clear yeah, example. One fun. of the yeah. best things that could have happened to us it was, 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 was the, free, the free marketing dollars of, of SolarMagic. And then, you know, after educating the market, they decided to pull out of yeah. the market. There are many things that uh, can be considered luck and can be considered smart and sometimes you're not even sure what is what. Have, uh, you, have you had
0: a, one of those moments where folks say for you, oh wow, that was really smart, that was really prescient and you are sitting back thinking to yourself, we got lucky.
1: For sure, yes. You start a relationship with a potential customer, and you find a great customer without even knowing. Okay? We have one of our largest customers. The relationship started by me meeting someone in an airport lounge. Okay. One of our really largest customers for years. And the relationship started by meeting someone in a lounge and from that it rolled into a business relationship. Is it luck? Is it a good people skill? Is it good execution after the luck? It's a combination. But there are definitely things that uh, you can point to and say we were lucky there. We went through the 2008 financial crisis, we were Mm. just in the beginning of a financing round. When the crisis, crisis hit, it. I still have the business card of a Lehman brother, venture capital uh, person that right. really wanted to invest in SolarEdge and we were almost out of money when no one was uh, willing to, to do deals. Eventually, we, we found investors, good investors, excellent yeah. um, investors. It's always a combination of luck and execution yeah. and tenacity.
0: And Fantastic. Other things. Is there anything about taking the company public that surprised you?
1: Me personally, without the experience in something like this, that was the first time for me, again, bringing in professionals. We brought in professional finance and legal Who was legal the company, people. who was the team that led your IPA? Deutsche Bank and oh, Goldman Sachs. Okay. And, and, and we also had Roth Capital and Edam yeah, and, and Cowen. So for me, seeing that for the first time, I was impressed, I would say, with the amount of paperwork and yeah. legal work and... Bureaucracy, I would say, that involves such a process and how orderly that process is even as you are doing the roadshow and the book running and everything It's a lot of work. Is there anything
0: that you consider required reading for your team?
1: For my team? hmm
0: Well, to, for SolarEdge as a company. If you started a Solar Edge book club, what would be the first book that you would acquire or that you would prescribe? Right, so
1: so I'm not sure there's a Solar Edge book club. Okay, we're not that big on keeping history and, and, and laying down the lessons of, of the past. There are some things that I tell everyone that joins my team, and I think that is told to a lot of people that join Solar Edge, and 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 that is that decisions are made to change Mm. okay i've had had chance to see how some companies work and i've seen companies where when a decision is made now the company follows that rule right and at solo edge we question our decisions i wouldn't say every day but a lot so you've decided something reality change then there is no shame in saying i will change the decision companies that don't change decisions fast uh, make mistakes yeah bigger mistakes they're not changing decision fast that's a lot of freedom for yeah. your team and it also creates an environment that sometimes is it's hard you know people that are very very structured it's hard for them sometimes because they have a plan and then the plan changes yeah. and then it changes again and that's in our dna you have
0: uh, also in your dna as as uh as former military folk, is this notion of commitment. It seems like you hire true. a lot of military and athletes. Is that intentional?
1: It's not intentional. No. I, I, it's not even something that we check. Yeah, uh, I'm not even sure it's true. But, uh, <laughs> but being a dynamic person, able to, you know, the cheese moves a lot, being able to, to, to live in a dynamic environment is critical to working for SolarEdge. And I think if you ask anyone... For a startup, yeah. Uh, so, so even now at our size, which is not a startup size, we change things a lot. It is done in a very transparent way, but we change things a lot when we realize that reality has shifted. Mm. And the second thing is learning from mistakes. Everybody makes mistakes. We make mistakes all the time in yeah. different things. And we try to learn from these mistakes, whether it is in the business side or the product side or the production side. Yeah. Or, Continuous improvement is, you know, in every conference room in Solo Edge, you would see the writing that says, good, better, best, I will never rest, right? And that's a philosophy that you can, you need to start with something good, but you can continually evolve that to better and best. Right. And you should definitely never rest. Anybody who listens to
0: Suncast, like, I don't make a habit of talking about one company's product, mm-hmm. almost never. But you guys have done something different in, in the industry and you're dominating in a sector of the industry that traditionally has not has been dominated by, you know, SMA or mm-hmm. others. And moving into commercial, moving into larger and larger swaths of, of space. So maybe I'll have in that in that notion of what is to come and how Solar Edge is going to continue to push the boundaries. I'll have Demetrius come on at some point sure. and talk all about uh, what's what's to come in the future of Solar Edge. Sure.
1: The the inverter space is uh, evolving and storage and home energy management and yeah. future power plants. It's a, yeah. it's an exciting time.
0: I don't see many companies that have such. A comprehensive approach to expanding their product category, right? It, and I just, I think it's fascinating. I, I'd love to. I want to learn more. It is
1: critical to evolve with the industry and a little bit ahead of the industry would yeah. be even better. Yeah.
0: yeah, I think this is fascinating, and I really am honored by the time that you've given us. So thank, thank you. you very much. Yeah, appreciate your time. Thank you. Well, Solar Warrior, today's discussion is drawing to a close, but I want you to know that there are lots of ways for us to keep in touch. If you like being notified of new episodes, upcoming events, and other opportunities to learn, then be sure to join the Suncast mailing list at mysuncast.com, or you can text me. It's really simple. Use S-U-N-C-A-S-T, that's SUNCAST, to the number 345-345. You just text SUNCAST on your phone to 345-345. I'll add you to the list, and you'll also get, as my free gift, a one-page webinar guide created by your friend and mine, Mr. Paul Grana over at Folsom Labs. As always, if there is a topic or expert you think should be on SUNCAST, would you shoot me an email, a LinkedIn message, or maybe even just pop over to the website and leave me a quick voicemail? That website is mysuncast.com. The email is Nico at mysuncast. Hey, it's almost SPI time. If you're headed to Anaheim in a month, please let me know so we can schedule some time together. If you're on my mail list, then you will be getting an invite to the Suncast Tribe event we're planning there as usual. And LATAM folks, I'm probably going to have a LATAM specific dinner for those of you dear friends. So stay tuned for that news as well. And since you're still with me, here's a little snippet from next week's episode.
1: That is definitely the case where people see headlines and then you have to answer that next time you're in a meeting when someone says, hey, I, I saw this project with company X and It's for two thirds the cost, right? What, what's going on here?
0: So if that was interesting, you want to tune in next Thursday for a very different style of Suncast interview. Next week, Josh Tigesser of Origins Energy tells all about how he developed a landmark solar plus storage project in Massachusetts, and we also get insights from the person who bought the energy from him and other key players in this story. It took a lot to put this one together, Solar Warriors. I hope that you love it. And speaking of love it, you must, if you're still hanging around here with me now. Thank you. I love you. If you haven't already, would you please consider becoming a member of our Suncast Energy tribe? Every week now, we're getting new members, and I'm hatching ways that I can support you and high-five you and give you virtual love. To all my current tribe members, I wish you much love and great success. You can join them. Just go to mysuncast.com forward slash member to see what we're talking about. I look forward to formally welcoming you into the tribe as well, my friend. And thanks again for showing up. It's half the battle.